the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From Talk 910 KNEW San Francisco, this is Rob Black. Rob talks about your money every weekday, live and local, from 10 to noon. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Welcome in the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, typically talking all things financial, and I do. I do. I see the world through lenses that have dollar signs on them. And I try to share the knowledge with you from years in New York, from years of managing millions and millions and millions of dollars, from years of making mistakes, from years of hitting home runs. So I try to give you a lot of experience. I think it's a noble show. I think we need some noble causes in this world. And my cause is to get your nest egg beefed up. Because I don't think most of us realize you work from age 20 to 60 and then you basically live off that money that you saved. Our nation doesn't save enough money. We're not even close to saving enough money. So if I just help a couple of you, I feel pretty good about it. That's my goal, helping just a couple of you. Because I know most people aren't going to stick to a plan. People don't want to be told to save more money. They want to live in the now, especially Californians. We've got a great, great, great state. It's easy to spend money in it. Save you a little bit of money. For those of you who live in Oakland, I've got free movie tickets for Two, tonight, there's the rub, it's tonight, see the movie Amelia, based on Amelia Earhart, it's got Hilary Swank and Richard Gere in it, now, I don't know, that's tonight at the Grand Lake Theater, 7.30, so you almost have to be in the city and catch it on your, uh, grab the tickets on your way out, because you got to pick up the tickets today from Clear Channel. If you want the tickets, they're yours, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Um, and just call, talk to a woman. If you haven't talked to a woman in a while, this is your opportunity. You can call 800-345-5639 and say, hey, Heidi, I want to go to a movie tonight. And she'll go, okay, here's your tickets. And stop creeping me out, weirdo. 800-345-5639. A little later in the show, I'm going to talk about Windows 7. It's going to be coming up with Kim Commando, the digital goddess. I don't know. I don't know if I'd refer to myself as a goddess. If I was a woman, I don't know if I'd, I'd put myself on that kind of uh, area to be judged. I don't know. Anyway, will this be it? Will this be it? Michael Jackson's last days captured on film. Can hit the box office this weekend. Will this be his final monster performance? More than 1,600 shows across the country have already been sold out. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Now, let's talk about playing nice. SpongeBob and Dora the Explorer. You know what SpongeBob is, right? I've ever had a little marijuana and watched Nickelodeon. As an adult, you love SpongeBob. But kids love SpongeBob. Adults love SpongeBob. Excuse me. Holy mackerel. <laughs> I think I got I think I got the black lung. Anyway, SpongeBob and Dora the Explorer have some new playmates. Now, Viacom's Nickelodeon, they've shelled out sixty million dollars for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
Okay, now this story has some 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 hair on it. Give me a second with it. Now, I re- <coughs> excuse me. I I do think I have the black lung. I've been working in the coal mines. Bob, pop. I think I got the black lung. Name the movie. 800-345-5639. SpongeBob and Dora the Explorer have new playmates. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. $60 million Nickelodeon is paying for the rights to this old 1980s TV series and more recently a film franchise. Now, the move comes as Nickelodeon is trying to get into action adventure. I know you're saying, do people really think this stuff out? Action adventure is all about luring little boys. Come here, little boy, and watch an adventure show. Now, Nickelodeon is going to produce a new cartoon series that hopes to premiere in 2012. And sister studio Paramount Pictures is going to release a new feature based on the series. Now, for Nickelodeon, this move is part of a strategy to attract boys. Now, over the last five years, Nickelodeon's reach amongst boys 6 to 11 has fallen by about 10%. And 6% amongst boys age 19 14. Now, rivals like Walt Disney, they got a new cable network called Disney XD. And Time Warner's got Cartoon Network each take direct aim at preteen and teenage boys. <laughs> and Nickelodeon, on the other hand, has often tried to make programs that appeal both to boys and girls, such as SpongeBob, SquarePants, and Dora the Explorer, or primarily to girls in the case of iCarly and True Jackson VP. Now, the deal also signals a big shift in the type of program Nickelodeon typically carries. So I tell you, I see the world through money, and I see this as all about staying competitive. Whereas cartoon shows tend to be soft and cerebral, a harder-edged Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles follows the adventures of four mutant turtles who fight evil and basically are guided by their leader, a rat named Splinter. Why do I know that? I don't know. Anyway, long story short, you can see that Wall Street's all about product. Via comment, you can go out and invest in. It's all about product. And $60 million for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's product product whether it's intel semiconductors or mutant turtles when you invest you better damn know what you're invested in it's important to really grasp the product what else is important to know management success or failure starts at the top always has always will can't manage good content unless you've got good management anyway i'm, I'm going too far on this uh teenage mutant ninja turtles now, Under the Dome and Off the Kindle. Stephen King's latest book called Under the Dome, it's going to be available only in hardback for the first six weeks of its release before the e-version is available. King told the Wall Street Journal he wanted to help independent bookstores and national chains who will sell it for about $35 versus the less than uh, expensive $10 e-Kindle or the e-edition, electronic edition, the, the book edition, or the, the book reader edition. What's interesting to note about that is that's pretty different math, isn't it? You can go out and get the book. It's going to be 35 to $40 if you buy it in the store. If you get a hard copy of it, put it by your nightstand and read a little Stephen King. Or you can wait eh, six weeks, and you can get the Kindle version for under 10 bucks. Do you see how the ec- economics are starting to change big in the digital distribution world? I remember back in the 1990s, people who did radio shows like this would say stupid things. We would say, Yahoo's going to put the New York Times out of business. Because the distribution of news is simple. And we'll all read our news online. And I, I do read my news online, but you know who I read? I read the New York Times. they got the best writers. So content is king, but sometimes distribution is king. It's, it's an interesting business model to continue to study. 
it's and it's continuing to evolve. And it's certainly putting a lot of mom and pops out of business. A lot of mom and pops. Now, the Obama administration is going to do something very dramatic today. And I'd like your feedback on this. Feedback can be done at 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I don't know how I feel about this. I'll tell you that I'm on the fence. And I'm rarely on the fence. The 25 highest paid executives at firms are going to have their salary cut by 90%. They would get stock that would have to hold and be held for a set period of time. Interesting. Can you imagine telling someone you're going to get 90% less than you made last year? Like if I were to go into my boss's office, John Scott, and say, we're cutting your salary 90%. You've worked 10 months of the year already, and we're cutting it 90%. He'd say, go screw. So why are we doing this to Wall Street executives? Now, this is the most dramatic step yet to curtail huge pay packages for executives on Wall Street. The Obama administration plans to slash the compensation of those running the seven biggest recipients of the, the federal bailout money. Now, the action to be announced as early as today, it's going to take, on average, it's going to reduce the total compensation of the 25 highest paid executives at each company, 50% from what they did last year. Now, cash pay, salaries plus cash bonuses, would plunge 90% on average. Some of the lost cash pay can be replaced by grants of stock, basically tying these executives to the success or the failure of the company. And the plan applies to companies that have been given exceptional assistance, tens of billions of dollars, under the United States Treasury's $700 billion Troubled Asset Relief Program. These companies are AIG, Citigroup, Bank of America, General Motors, Chrysler, and some of the divisions of Chrysler like GMAC. So altogether, they got $240 billion of the tarp money. Now, compensation experts, and most of them have paid it back. That should be noted, except for AIG and Citigroup. Now, compensation experts say this is it's unprecedented. This is a big story. This is big news. These numbers are brutal. These numbers are brutal. Reductions such as these have been seen even in companies that are bankrupt. We've never seen anything like this before. Telling a, an executive, take 90% of what you thought you were going to make. Now, again, some of these executives are making $100 million. Boo-hoo. Go make $10 million. Some of them are making $10 million. Boo-hoo. Go make $1 million. Some of them make 500000 Boo-hoo. Go make 50000 Well, see, that one would hurt. That's one that would start to, you know, hit in the pocket, so to speak. I question how well thought out this plan is. What I've noticed about the Obama administration is the unintended consequences tend to hit his administration pretty hard. Like, they've got the best idea and the best uh, interest of people in their minds. For instance, they changed credit card legislation. And what did the credit card companies do? We, our Congress made it more friendly for you, the consumer. What did the credit card companies do? They raised rates. Boom. Just like that. They did it before the law went into effect. So basically, they said, go screw Congress. You're not going to take our money from us. You're not going to change it that much on us. I mean, these cuts are brutal, what the White House is trying to do to Wall Street. So I question how well thought out this is. The environment could worsen. And for companies like Citigroup and AIG, who the government has huge, huge investments in, it could collapse the companies. People are trying to rebuild their companies, and to that extent, it's an uneconomical thing for Wall Street to do. It's a real frustration at this point in time. But longtime opponents of giant executive pay certainly are applauding the administration's plan. Now, Ken Lewis at Bank of America, he's retiring at the end of the year. He's a bit of a jerk. 
He's taken with him a sixty to one hundred twenty million dollar pay package. Now this year he's going to earn one dollar, but next year he's going to live off sixty to one hundred twenty million dollars. I'll do that deal absolutely. Anyway, I'd like your thoughts on this. Is this a good idea? Is it a bad idea? Before you give me your idea on it, though, let me tell you one thing: Wall Street is a commission-run business. It always has been. It always will be. The rainmakers make the most money. And they make a commission. They make a cut of every big transaction. When California needed billions and billions of dollars, they, they, didn't, they didn't know where to turn. So they turned to Wall Street. And Wall Street raised the money for them. Now, part of that deal is Wall Street gets a cut. So it, it's kind of like, let's, let's, let's put it this way. It's kind of like Wall Street is a car salesman. And for every car that they sell, they get a commission. You sell more cars, you make more money. You help California out, you raise billions of dollars, you make more money. You don't raise money, you don't make money. It's very, very success or failure driven. You get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. We've got a couple free tickets to the movie, Amelia. Tonight at the Grand Lake Theater, 3200 Grand Avenue in Oakland. Beautiful theater, beautiful theater. If you want free tickets to a screening tonight, Give us a call, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. We're going to be talking about Windows 7 in just a moment. Get the music cue. Windows 95. Let's get a phone call first, 800-345-5639. Let's go to Patrick in San Jose. Patrick? Hey, how you doing? Doing well. So um, I, I have a, my opinion on the whole salary cut. And my, my idea is that if a company is really raking it in and you want to give your CEOs a $100 million bonus, $200 million bonus, I'm, uh, I'm, I don't have anything against that. And I'm really in a low-income category of uh, <laughs> okay. population. But if you're giving out bonuses based on uh, a relief effort that, you know, the whole taxpayers are putting into, then we're really paying for their bonuses. And in that case, I think that um, that's actually not true, Patrick. What the government did was lend them money with stipulations that it gets paid back at a premium. So out of most of these companies, all of them but Citigroup and AIG have paid back the money with profit for the United States taxpayer. Okay. Well, if, if, if that's the case, then they can still do um, – I don't see any problem. I don't see why a CEO would have a problem with saying, okay, I'll take my 90% tax cut, this, uh, income cut this year, and next year when we pay it back, my company will give me a double salary because I'm that good. But I think that while – there's still the um, while there's still the possibility of the company going under and not being able to pay it, which is always there until they pay it. Um, at that point, I think they should be ultra conservative in what they spend, just because there always is that risk. Um, and they can give themselves double salaries next year once they pay everything off, and they're um, they're you know supporting themselves. Where it gets kind of weird, Patrick, is do you want the government to come in and say the president of Clear Channel? He made too much money last year, so we're going to say he only gets to keep 10% of his salary. Do you want the President of the United States to do it to Alex Rodriguez? He's having a great World Series, but he doesn't deserve it. No, 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 absolutely not. The first thing I said was, if you're making a lot of money and you you know, if if you guys are okay paying your CEOs or whatever the CEO thinks it's worth or something, that's okay. But 
it's as soon as it's kind of like, for example, a small company declares bankruptcy and the owner goes out and buys himself a brand new Mercedes right before he does it because, hey, I'm going to declare bankruptcy anyway. It's going to be offset. And it's kind of, I know it's completely different, but it's walking along the same lines of if I'm bailing you out, be conservative. As soon as you're raking it in, you can pay yourself whatever you want. That's just kind of my way of feeling about it. But obviously, okay. you know, the, the less government involvement, the, the better, usually. Yeah, I'm with you, Patrick. Thanks for the call. 800-345-5639. Let's go to Kim Commando, digital goddess, powerful radio network personality that can squash me. How are you, Kim? I don't think so, Rob. <laughs> I think you could. You think? Yeah, you're you're, you're all powerful. You've got a big institution behind you. You, you run a good company. You've been it's in my media. institution. <laughs> exactly. Do you want the government telling you that you make 90% no. less? No. Okay. No, that's kind of scary. It is very scary, and I don't think a lot of people realize it. It's a bad precedent. That, yeah, that that it can that, and I don't really talk politics at all, but but this one makes me a little weary um, because small business has funded this whole country, really. And I think if those of us that have worked hard and have made sacrifices, family, personal, professionally, in order to have a successful business, I don't think we should be penalized for it. Well said. Now, today's a big day for Microsoft, Windows 7 being launched as we speak. That's right. I mean, I even saw Steve Ballmer on the Today Show. I was like, ooh. <laughs> now, but was, the... was it spastic Steve or was it calm Steve? <laughs> you know, it looked like calm Steve, and he was trying to say this is going to be the latest and greatest thing, and this is fabulous for Microsoft. But, you know, what a lot of folks don't realize is that people don't go out and buy new operating systems. They go out and buy new computers. Right. And the operating system is just a side note to it. So nobody's going to sit there and say, I need to go have Windows 7 today. They'll say, you know what, I have had Windows XP for at least 10 years. It's time to turn it in and be done with it ready. And I'll go out and buy a new computer because this one's old in the tooth anyway. And by the way, it has Windows 7. Now, with that said, from what I'm hearing in the reviews, there's a lot of innovation in Windows 7 that will push developers to come up with a lot of cool things. Um, do you believe that? Do you not believe it? Well, I'll tell you, I've been using Windows 7 for about eight or nine months now. Yep. And is it a lot better than Vista? Absolutely. But you have to remember that a lot of the problems with Vista, it being bogged down and kind of clunky, it's been fixed since 2007 when Vista was first released. But it does have some cool things, like if you're on a Mac, you'll look at Windows 7 and go, hmm, this is looking a lot like the dock. Yeah, it is. It's now, But Microsoft still calls it the taskbar, but you can still put programs in there and uh, pin programs there and see what's happening very quickly without having to open things. Uh, now with Windows 7 that Microsoft has introduced something called libraries, because if your organization is like mine, is that you have photos all over your hard drive. So you're like, okay, it's not in my, everything's not in my picture folder. So with libraries, it can go out there and put all your pictures and organize them for you. Um, it also has uh, some touchpad, some touchscreens capabilities, and it's, uh, you know, it just seems to be a little bit better, more stable. And one of the other things with Vista that was really annoying is that every time you want to make a change, that it would come up and say, are you sure you want to do this? Uh, Windows 7 doesn't do it quite as often, so it's not as annoying, I guess you'd say. Now, I think we were fooled once, Kim. I, re I read an article today in the New York Times that said Windows Vista had great reviews going into it, and then editor of PC World or PC Magazine, he regretted not having a higher standard then because he said when we were reviewing it, we didn't really think it was that great, but we kind of made it that great because we wanted to sell PCs. Is there any chance well, that this isn't that great? 
You know, with Windows Vista, I'm going to knock on wood here so that the intergalactic great gods don't come upon me. But, you know, I, it was a lot better than Windows Me. And I think that's what some of these, if it was PC World or whatever, because they don't really have their magazines anymore. They just have websites now. But at that time, they, they may have done it just to sell magazines. I don't know, to put something on the cover that was new and exciting. Um, but with Windows 7, it is different than Vista, and it is, a, it is a step up. I mean, if you're on Vista and you're happy, if it's not broke, don't fix it. If you're on Windows XP or, God forbid, Windows ME, is that it's time for you to figure out how to go buy a new computer because it, it's just that much better, and you're sitting there with an older operating system and older gear, and we want to make sure that you're secure and take advantage of all the really cool things. Like, in addition, Windows Media Player, uh, now can really, with Windows 7, incorporate that and really make that a PBR as far as with your computer. So if you're sitting there with the TiVo and saying, you know, I don't want to pay cable anymore, but you want to have Hulu and you want to download it and save it on your computer, well, now actually you can make that magic happen without saying, where do I click and how come it's not working? Are you telling me you can now set your PC to be a DVR of the Internet? Yeah. That's yeah, with Hulu, cool. they, they, you know, there's certain these little tools out there, like Hulu Desktop and is a program that you can download and, and put on your computer. And then uh, it was really interesting is um, my nephew, who's really computer literate, he's got his master's in engineering from USC. He, he didn't know that Hulu was owned by NBC. Right. And I was like, because a call came in over on my show over the weekend, hey, just a real, really kind of a geek of the week type of guy who called in and said, you know, he's sitting on his couch, he's VNCing into his computer to play some high-def video off the Internet on his Toshiba, you know, big screen TV. <laughs> I'm like, as I told him, I said, you know, there's something called a universal remote I think you need to know about. But, uh, but you know, but a lot of these video sites, you just have to be careful because if it's a first-run movie, I can guarantee you that it's not a legal site. Okay. I'm, I'm with you on that. I love Hulu, by the way. It's, uh, I think Hulu's great. I think it's great. It's, it's what we want. We don't mind the advertising. It's, it's not bogged down. It's, it's free. It's, it's legal. It's, everyone seems I to be a winner. I, I think it's so cool that I can catch the Saturday Night Live clips. You know, the next day. <laughs> yeah. Now you're showing your age, Kim. <laughs> I know, because, you know, it's Saturday night. It means 10 o'clock. Oh, tired. You know, so that's it. Yeah, <laughs> Going to bed. I haven't watched a live Saturday Night Live in about five years, 10 years either. So I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> exactly. So what else do we need to know about Windows 7? Uh, if you had a coupon, hey, you bought a new computer after June 25th. If you have a coupon for a free upgrade, it's time for you to uh, break out the coupon and make sure that you send it in because there may be restrictions as far as time. And don't be, don't be surprised that now that if you look at the coupon, it says, yes, you have a free upgrade for Windows 7, but they want to charge you 15 or $20 in shipping and handling fees. How nice is that? Absolutely. So. so this way you can get your free upgrade. Um, but the bottom line, it's great. I think it's, I think it's going to be a reason for people to go out and buy computers, which if you are in the market for one, expect to see some great sales between now and the end of the year, especially after Black Friday, because uh, some of the initial reports that I've seen were talking about $350 laptops and really some loaded desktops, about $500. About $500. And did you know that when Vista came out, Apple's PC share was around 4.5%. And during the reign of Microsoft Windows Vista, Apple has doubled their operating system base to 9.4%. <laughs> Will that be reversed? Because I own some shares of Apple. You know, um, you never want to ask me for stock tips. <laughs> if you saw my portfolio bleeding, you'd be like, okay, forget that. Uh, but Apple's big success was obviously because of the iPod and the iPhone. Right. And 
and you start looking at their products and start taking a closer look at their products. And you're like, you know what? They really are, I hate to say it, but they're superior. I mean, I have an iMac at home. I have, I carry around a beautiful 17-inch MacBook Pro uh, in my laptop bag. And, and when I'm at work, I'm using Windows 7, and, and I also have a Vista box. And when it comes time to get things done, I'm telling you, the Mac is, is easier. It's just simpler. It's, it's more intuitive. But coming from Windows, a lot of folks you have a tendency to over-engineer things, uh, looking for applications and folders when it's actually just sitting there right in front of your face. Uh, do I see the tide turn, turning? Probably not, because especially, you know, Apple's so shrewd. This past week, they came out with a whole new line of what? <laughs> MacBooks and, and iMacs that have bigger, better screens and LED capabilities and good stuff like that. You know, the, the only thing that's really hurting Mac right now is that, and Apple is that the, the prices are still up there. If you're a family on a budget and you need a new laptop, uh, are you going to go out and buy a $1,000 MacBook, or are you going to buy a $300 Windows HP laptop that still does, that gets the job done, right? I hear you. So, and thank- so, uh, so I think that that's where they're really suffering. If they do come out ever with a, a netbook, and Apple says that they're, they're, they're just not going to because they can't make one that's that good at that price point, that I think that really we would have a, a run for their money. I hear you. MacBook uh, still nine hundred ninety nine dollars, and iMac starts at eleven ninety nine. So exactly, it's a price exactly. issue. Thanks for joining me, Kim. Oh, anytime, Rob. Kim Commando, you'll hear her on this station Sundays from one to three, as well as nine to midnight. Kim Commando, digital goddess, digital lifestyle. You see her school me? Told me about a DVR application you can get for your PC for Hulu. That's good stuff. That's good knowledge. It's the Rob Black Show. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. I might have lost my mind. I'm playing the Sex and the City theme. Why? Those are the ladies I hate. Why? Because their fascination with shoes just drives me insane. To see women wearing expensive shoes makes me nuts. It makes me crazy. But let's talk a little bit about this. Why is Rob talking shoes? Because you could invest in shoes. There's a company called Steve Madden, and they were profiled today in some of the financial magazines. Steve Madden elevates chunky heels to new heights. It operates three business segments. They do a wholesale, they do a retail, and they do first cost. Its wholesale unit boasts some 10-plus divisions including Madden Girl, Steven, Steven Madden's Fix, Stevie's, Daisy Fuentes, Betsy Johnson, Fabulosity. They, they license all this. And they license their shoes to people like Betsy Johnson. You know, Betsy Johnson dresses? Sweet. That's all I'll say. Um, it's got an Adesco Madden unit, which is a first cost segment, which designs and sources private label footwear, such as candies for mass merchants. Steve Madden shoes are sold in the United States and Canada through its own shops and such stores as Nordstrom's and Dilliard's. Uh, the executive's suite changed in, ni- in 2008. Now, when I look at the revenue of this one, it doesn't really impress me. In the last three years, it's jumped from $475 million to $457 million. So it's gone down a bit. Now, again, pretty hardcore recession. People lost their jobs. They're not paying for pumps or kicks, as the kids like to call them today. Now, total incomes went from $46 million to $28 million. Gross profits, $198 million to $186 million. 
So it, it doesn't really jump at me. But when you read the profile on it, well, first and foremost, let's take a look at the stock. Ticker symbol S-H-O-O, S-H-O-O. Shoo. It's gone from 20 to 40 this year. You know, I'll tell you what. I've got a lot of pride. But I'll invest in a shoe company. There's no doubt about it. P.E. is 20 times earnings. So has it made its move? There's no dividend. So to me, it's a trading stock in the best case scenario. It's trading at a Ford P.E. of 14. So remember how I told you they had a bad year there? The question is, did they fix it? Because they fixed it, there's some big upside to the stock as a trade. As a trade, not as an investment, as a trade. It's very, very important we throw that out there. Now, let's talk a little bit more about why the analysts are liking it today. They, Stephen Madden, they do the fashion whims from teenage girls. And fashion whims on teenage girls, it's no easy foot. Get it? No easy foot? No easy feet? Uh, but what's what's the forte of Stephen Madden is teenage girls. Companies made a science of selling footwear through multiple channels to fickle trend hopping buyers. Steve Madden's shoes span the whole gamut of styles sold at Walmart to Elizabeth James, marketed through high end department stores like Bergdorf Goodman. So they're selling shoes at Walmart. They're selling shoes at Bergdorf Goodman. If you don't know Bergdorf Goodman. Mm, let's just say you're not in the six-figure category of, of income. I'm most positive of that. It's the same look at different price levels. So you get the same look at Walmart, but it's cheaper. You get the same look at Bergdorf Goodman. It's out of this world expensive. It's a grim retail environment. So the formula has really held up well. They designed the shoes. Steve Madden topped forecast for both revenue and earnings recently. Sales came in at $116 million, a healthy 6.5% gain year over year. Earnings were up from last year's $0.43 cents a share to this year's $0.66 cents a share. Management raised earning guidance for the second time this year at their recent quarterly report. Right now we're in earnings season. And a couple things a company could do. A company could come out and say, I had sex with a prostitute. My life stinks. But six months from now, we see good things. Wall Street will say, hey, we didn't even hear that thing about the prostitute. The stock goes higher. Company can come out and say, I turn straw into gold, but we don't really know about the next six months. And Wall Street will go, boo. Wall Street doesn't care what you've done lately. Wall Street's all about the church of what's working now. So it's all about the short-term future. Now, this last run-up that we've had in the last seven months in the stock market has told us Wall Street's a discounting mechanism. And what happened this month? We started seeing economic data that the recession's over this month. Seven months ago, Wall Street started moving higher. Why? Because it's a discounting mechanism. It looks six months into the future. Anyway, I just throw that out there for you. I think I've talked, uh, I've beaten the snot out of uh, Steve Madden's shoes. Ticker symbol for those who want to play at home. S-H-O-O. S-H-O-O. Let's talk a little bit about some of the economic data that I saw today that I like. I'm going to be quite honest with you. Um, there's something called economic indicators. And there's leading economic indicators and there's lagging economic indicators. What's an example of a lagging economic indicator? The unemployment rate. Labor cost. The prime rate. Outstanding bank loans. Inventory. Inventory book value. Those are all lagging indicators. Now, a leading indicator tells us what the economy is going to be doing down the road, not what the economy has already done. 
a leading indicators like building permits, unemployment insurance claims, money supply, inventory changes, stock prices. The Federal Reserve, our bank, our king of the banks, they watch this. And they decide what to do with interest rates based on leading indicators. There's also something called coincident indicators, like what's happening currently. I don't even want to get into that. But for the sixth consecutive month, leading indicators are moving in positive area. Since seven out of the ten components of the leading indicators are known prior to the release, this wasn't a big surprise when we, we, you know, Wall Street loves economic data. I love economic data. To me, it's like Juggy Magazine. It's, it's, It's all that in a bucket of chicken. Now... But seven of these indicators were already known. Now, the three that weren't, they posted positive gains for September, and they reversed negative contributions from August. Consumer goods orders contributed up a skosh, just a skosh. Orders for non-defense capital goods increased nicely. And money supply, how much money's out there, pushed up as well. So it was good to see this economic data because, again, it's telling us what Wall Street did seven months ago by starting a rally was pay, will pay off. And it paid off six months later. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. We could talk shoes. We could talk technology. We could talk economy. We could talk politics and pay packages. Obama overstepping the lines, limiting pay at companies. I don't like it. I just don't like it. I understand it, but I don't like it. 800-345-5639. To get your calls in the air, it's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Watching Maury. For some reason, Clear Channel's too cheap to get stations above 38. So my my television stations viewing during the radio commercials, um, not a good choice. I've decided that any person who goes to a taping of Maury or any person who's on Maury should be euthanized. I'm going to run for governor one day. I'm going to run for some big office, mayor, governor, president, and I promise you. Anyone who hurts a young child or an animal, I'll kill, euthanize, overnight. Anyone who appears on Ellen, Oprah, or Maury, and Ellen, Oprah, and Maury, I will euthanize. We got to start cleaning up this country. Darwin's uh, not showing his head. Darwin's gone. We're going backwards. We're not evolving. We're devolving. Is that a word? I don't know. Work with me on this. Anyway, um, thought I'd get to some emails. Well, before I get to emails, let's talk a little Arnold Schwarzenegger. And again, our station too cheap to have real sound effects. So here's your Arnold Schwarzenegger sound effect. Yeah, that was him in Red Sonia. Probably one of the worst movies of all time. Anyway, uh, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. He just signed today a bill allowing the construction of a seventy-five thousand seat stadium that developers hope will lure the NFL back to the Los Angeles area. Schwarzenegger announced the signing of the environmental exemption bill Thursday in industry, where the stadium would be built about 15 miles east of Los Angeles. Officials say the stadium would generate more than 18,000 jobs and more than $762 million in economic output. Pretty cool. Senators last week approved the bill, which would nullify a lawsuit filed by nearby residents over the project's environmental impact. Developer Majestic Realty has said the San Diego Chargers, Oakland Raiders, and San Francisco 49ers are on its list of seven teams that will approach about a move to Los Angeles. You think the Niners are going to move to L.A.? The L.A. Niners? I don't think so. Uh, the L.A. Raiders? 
That'd never happen, would it? I guess it could, right? They've done it once before. And the San Diego Chargers. Anyway, um, or the NFL might get a team in Los Angeles. That's the whole idea there. There was another story that I saw today that, that covered this basic concept. Let me pull it up real quick. San Francisco is getting a Lowe's. How do you feel about that, San Francisco? Home improvement chain Lowe's recently finalized a lease and soon is going to start constructing a large store on San Francisco's Bayshore Boulevard at the same spot. A long, vacant lumberyard sits. Now, Home Depot walked away from the site after the economy went south, but Home Depot did a lot of the legwork. The Lowe's store is one of the few projects going forward in construction right now in the city during a time when construction loans are hard to obtain. So they said, we see this as a wonderful opportunity. Lowe's currently has stores in South San Francisco and San Bruno. Now, we don't know the terms of the lease, and we don't know a lot about it. But Lowe's is inheriting the development approvals obtained by Home Depot through a long, contentious fight with neighbors and merchants who oppose the warehouse-style chain. Now, again, any mom-and-pop store who sells lumber or who sells hardware, out of business. Within a five-mile radiance of that new store, out of business. Now, the company is obligated to fill the community promise that Home Depot did. Home Depot had promised to put a $75,000 contribution to workforce training and a $100,000 contribution to San Francisco's day labor program. Lowe's is committed to hiring three-quarters of the store's retail staff at as San Francisco residents. Store would create 150 to 200 permanent retail jobs. It'd generate a million-plus dollars annually in local property and sales tax. And a lot of people who swing hammers for a living would get a job helping build the, the Lowe's store. So I don't know how I feel about it. I, I'm not big on... I'm not big on getting behind big stores like Walmart and Lowe's and Home Depot because it's not politically cool. But do I shop there? Yeah. I want a hammer that's a buck fifty, not two fifty. I can't afford the mom and pop local retail prices. I understand by giving the mom and pop local retail uh, business my business that I help keep my community alive and thriving, but go look at a, a Home Depot. Those parking lots are full, 24-7, 365. They are busy, busy, busy. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800 345 Five six three nine. Let me do a couple quick emails. Uh, someone named Barth. No, you got a message. Barth. That's probably the coolest name on the planet. There's a salesperson at Cron. I told her yesterday. I said I think you have the sexiest name of any woman I've ever met. Here it is. It's Blix. No, I'm sorry. It's Bilkies. Bilkies. I call her Blixies. So her name's Bilkies, and I was like, how did you get that name? And Bilkies was the queen of Sheba. I think that's just cool. It, I, there's a lot to be said in a name, right? There's a lot to be said. So anyway, I made her day by saying that. Okay, let's talk about this. Uh, Barth sends in an email, says, love the show. Um, you just said that you like paying taxes, and if a person is paying taxes, it means that they're making money. Furthermore, old people don't like paying taxes because they're not making money. He goes, I'm working, I'm making money, but I don't, I'm not like you. I don't like paying taxes. Actually, what I said was, I don't mind paying capital gains taxes. So, of course, I don't like state income tax. I, I don't love taxes, but it is nice to know that if you're in a high tax bracket, it's because you're making a lot of money, more so than the person in a low tax bracket. So there's an angle to like about taxes, whether you like it and or not. But this guy gets kind of angry. He goes, firefighters, police, UC professors, they're overpaid, and they've got extremely rich retirement benefits. They retire early, and they make more money in early retirement than they did while working. He goes, I don't have the benefit of a pension. I agree. Our nation used to run on pensions, and it got companies like General Motors and Ford into a lot of, lot of problems. 
United Airlines. Because when we came up with the idea of a pension, it was the 1920s, 1930s, and labor unions said, you know, hey, you got to take care of these employees. And we did. We gave them pensions. And then people started to live in past 60. They went to 70 and then 80 and 90. And it wasn't economically feasible for a guy who worked 30 years at Ford to be paid 40 years in retirement. Now, I'm not a big pension guy either, and they frustrate the hell out of me. Now, Sherry sends an email. She goes, my husband was in AutoZone two days ago. The man in the line ahead of him wanted to buy equipment to diagnose, tune up his automobile. And the employee at AutoZone told him that the state of California no longer allows the sales of these. I talked a little bit about that. Um, it, that's a vague email from her. Very, very vague. But she goes, I like your show. You're edgy. You've earned it. We like you because you're smart and worked hard to get to where you're at, just like us, only we're not as smart as you. Now, again, I promise you in money and economics, I'm smart. I work really hard. I'm not smarter than you. I wasn't born with anything. I just get up earlier than you and stay up later than you. With women, I ain't so smart. With cars, not so good. I'm actually pretty good with cars, but we all have our areas of strength. Even a cheerleader has an area of strength. We all have them. Just know that. Okay, Kathy sends an email. She says, I listen primarily to talk radio when driving. I listen to quite a few different shows. However, you should know that your show is the first financial topic type show that I both enjoy and look forward to hearing. You're very good at keeping it interesting and useful. And that's Kathy and Petaluma. And Kathy, thank you. That's very, 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 very kind. Um, this one comes to me from Dan. I think I like the women's emails more so than the men's. Dan goes, I hope you have time to address this issue. Do you recall when President Bush tried to make possible the United Arab Emirates buy a couple of U.S. seaports? The nation's response was wrong, and both political parties failed their country. I have been to the UAE a dozen times. I felt safer walking the streets of Dubai or Abu Dhabi than waiting for a bus in Oakland or D.C. When a Congress shut down the UAE, down came a sharp response from the UAE. They stopped using the U.S. dollar, and they changed to HSBC for their remittance. I believe that changed the pound sterling. UAE, United Arab Emirates, was a big buyer of the dollar up until that point. In my opinion, this action was the starting point of the severe downturn in the dollar. Dan. Dan, you're a very angry man. And you got way too much time on your hands if you're trying to... <laughs> was that me? That's Arnold? I love that sound. So Arnold's building a stadium in L.A. Um, that's one more time. I need one more. <laughs> I think that's Dan when he's writing this email about how the, the dollar started downturn. Keep in mind, the dollar was down here in the 1980s. We've been here before. Does it have another 10 to 15% downside? Absolutely. Is that embarrassing? You know what? Our country would be screwed if we had a strong dollar right now. We would be screwed. The weak dollar helps us borrow money from other nations at incredibly cheap costs. It's helping. Believe it or not, it's helping. So, and I can get into all sorts of manufacturing in the United States and how our goods look better overseas right now because of the weak dollar. But don't get so caught up in this stuff, Dan. You've you got way too much time on your hands and you're stressed about it. Keith sends an email. He says, enjoy your show. Question, is the stock market currently overvalued? Is the rapid recovery this year the result of an overcorrection? Are you still predicting a double dip? I'd like to invest, but I wonder if I should wait till January or April. If you're under the age of 50, I think you should invest right now. You're going to be buying a market high. There's going to be a correction. You're going to hate yourself. But 10 years from now, you're going to be happy if you're in a properly diversified portfolio. Don't overthink this. Don't overthink it. We've got three more quarters, nine more months of pretty easy earnings comparisons. We got a ton of stimulus in the economy. I want to overthink it. For every con you can throw, I can throw out a pro. For every pro I can throw out, I can give it a con. It's Rob Black Show, 9 to 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.